Hey guys, Sam Maniscalco here, joined by Bill Cole and Brandon Paul. Champagne Room Hoops Podcast, Season 2, Episode 3. All things Illini hoops on the way. Stay tuned. What's up, everybody? We are back for another edition of Champagne Room Hoops Podcast. as part of Beyond the Big Ten Podcast Network. You can check us out on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere you get your podcasts, and also on YouTube at Beyond Big Ten. Also, make sure to follow along on all social media, Twitter, IG, TikTok, with the handle Beyond Big Ten. Uh, I am former Illini point guard Sam Maniscalco, joined by Illini legend and our long-lost friend, uh, Brandon Paul at BP3, and do-it-all swingman, Mr. 3 and D himself, Billy Cole at BuckwildBill33. Thanks for tuning in once again. Before we get rolling, Brandon's joining us for the first time this season. What's good, BP? Give us a little update on you and your situation. Fellas, what's going on, man? Miss talking to you guys. Miss talking hoops. Uh, another place, another year. Uh, I'm out here in Montenegro playing in the Adriatic League. Uh, I've been here since late, late September. So, uh, you know, schedule's been pretty crazy. Season's been pretty crazy so far, but we, we're on a three-game win streak. Enjoying my time out here. I'm enjoying my teammates. We got a good group of guys, and uh, I've definitely been enjoying watching uh, the Illini play thus far. Hey, what year is this for you again, Brandon? This is year 11, man. Year Damn. 11. Um, and I feel like I'm going on year 15, 16. That's how the body feels. So uh, I'm just trying to keep up mentally. If I keep up mentally, then that's that's half the battle. And uh, how you playing? Give us some stats. Give us some... Playing pretty solid right now. Playing pretty solid. I'm always, you know, my biggest critic, so I feel like I could be shooting the ball a little bit better. Um, But like I said, we're on a three-game win streak. Uh, We struggled early. We had a coaching change uh, just under a month ago, so uh, we got a new guy on there, and uh, I think the team is really starting to build something up together now. And um, it's a long season. It's a long season. It's December now. We got a break probably coming up in February where it's the little feeble window, so hopefully rack as many wins as we can, um, trying to stay healthy as I can and uh, enjoy my time while I'm doing it. And then uh, as far as other Americans go, uh, anybody you know on the squad? I know in years past you've had some guys that you've known quite well, you know, hooping with you over there. What about this year? Yeah, uh, we got another fellow Chicago guy, Marvin Jones from Chicago. Nice. Um, So it's it's good to have somebody back from the crib. We could talk a lot about the crib and, and share our stories and, you know, uh, we, we got a lot of Americans. We got a lot of foreigners. I think we total eight now. We just signed Yoga Farrell. So he came in. He left China. Another fellow Big Ten alum, uh, Indiana Hoosier guy. Uh, so, you know, we're talking our we're talking our junk in the locker room. We're already talking about the game uh, once once conference play comes up. So um, it's good to have some some familiarity in the in the locker room and uh, some guys that have that have also been, you know, had different careers uh, before coming here. How many years do you think you got left? Man, every year is another year for me to just sit back in the summertime and, and kind of make that, uh, f- uh, try to figure that out myself. I really don't know, man. It could be two, three, four. It could be, the, you know, this might be the last one. You never know. It just depends on how I wake up and how I'm feeling. Right. Shit, man. 11 years. It's a long time, Season man. That, man. Body. Yeah. Well body's finally starting to catch up to me. Yeah. That's good stuff. All right. So, um, Last week we were on, Billy and I were on, uh, we talked about, um, you know, the week ahead, which was Florida Atlantic and Tennessee. Um, Alana and I were 6-1 and one at the time. 
we talked about this week being a huge week as far as um, a good litmus test uh, mm-hmm. for the squad, two ranked teams, one at a neutral site, then you go on the road to Tennessee, um, two top 15, 20 teams, uh, good test for the Illini. Uh, mm-hmm. I said that I thought a split would be good, um, which is what they got. Um, you know, the FAU game at the Garden, I thought, you know, the big story there was the second half explosion by Taryn Shannon and, and Marcus Damas kind of coming out party. Uh, which we talked about a little bit. Uh, we can roll over the FAU game really quick uh, with your guys' thoughts on, on what you saw. Yeah, I mean, those guys are, are – they they come out to play. You know, you talk about Terrence Shannon coming out. That was his – I think they said his fourth or fifth time playing at the Garden. You know, I've, I played the Garden a few times. Your emotions are high. You know, the anticipation builds up leading up to, towards the game. And for him to come out, for Marcus DeMass to come out and, and play the way that they did – uh, you know, it's it's impressive. It's impressive to see how well, how poised the mask is. I I love that he's he's rocking the three, and he and he's rocking it well. So to see him come in, big pickup, big guy with a lot of experience, uh, and it just shows Underwoods. They they have a great staff. They have a great set of guys that can bring in new players and new faces and, and have them kind of fit in the mold. Did you allow that, Brandon? Did you have to sign off on him wearing three? Yeah, I mean, they they gave me a call. I I, I didn't. I, I let them know that it, it was all good. You know, they they played well over the last year, so want to keep the keep the boat rocking. You know, Billy, what'd you think? Yeah, I mean, we talked about it last week, right? As a resume building win, um, top eleven team, so basically a top ten win uh, on a neutral floor. That's the type of thing the committee looks at. You know, when they're deciding between a two seed, three seed, four seed, what have you. Hopefully it's higher than that. But, you know, I thought one thing you said was a split would be good um, and not to jump ahead, but that's exactly what we got, right? We had a really nice win where we had our two uh, superstars kind of show out, both go for 30 balls. I don't know if, I don't know if that's happened in recent history with Illinois. I'd, I'd have to have a stat guru look that up, but Usually in college, in you know a forty-minute game, anytime you get one person going for thirty, it's uh, maybe once, twice a season. Mm-hmm. Uh, but ha- to have two for that, that's a special game uh, from Damask, kind of as as Robin to Shannon's Batman, um, and then the role players. Right? We just we talked about our defense, top top five defense all year, and that I think that really showed out in the game. Um, and I think it it also kind of transitioning into Tennessee, it kind of let us down in the first, you know, first 10 minutes of the Tennessee game. And then the whole thing on the road early game feels like a catch up. So huge win, like Brandon said, Madison Square Garden. If I, I also have had the chance to play there, it's something special you'll never forget. And to have your star come out and really feel like Terrence Shannon is uh, running the whole entire show that is Illinois basketball right now and just have him put the team on his back and, and bring Damask along with him. I thought it was really, really fun because it means we're going to be really good at the end of the year. Yeah, both those guys showed out. Um, fast forward uh, to Tennessee last night. Uh, Billy, you and I talked, um, you know, last week on the pod. Um, first thing you mentioned was like total huge physical game. It's going to be high level. Um, and I think we got that. I mean, that was a high level um, college basketball game from start to finish. Um, tough opponent on the road. Uh, you know it's going to be a dogfight going in there. Um, they're sitting back. They, they've had a tough – I mean, they've had Tennessee's schedule this year. Uh, they've played like – a hell of a schedule. Yeah, they've played – I think I mentioned in, in the broadcast, I don't know the exact teams, but they've played like four top 15 teams already. So they were they were 
um, chomping at the bit um, to get a, get a chance at us. And the, the one thing I, I have two um, two themes from that game that I saw two takeaways, I should say. Um, number one, I, I thought, which something we've we've talked about um, this season so far, Bill, and especially our, our preseason episode, uh, the no point guard really got us. I thought, um, especially in the second half, I thought Tennessee and, and throughout the game they, they turned up the pressure. Uh, on us, and you saw a few times Damas trying to bring the ball up against that pressure. He had a, mm-hmm. a smaller, quick guard underneath him, got underneath his body, and, and got him twice. But just um, the no point guard really, I thought, I thought hurt us. Um, and then in the second half, I thought we got a little bit back into um, some bad four shots, um, like we did last year a little bit. Now credit to Tennessee, I thought they did a good job of, of taking us, especially Terrence Shannon and, and Marcus Damas. They really made them work for what they got. Um, Terrence Shannon was five for 16 and Damask, you know, two for 11. So you got to give Tennessee credit as far as their physicality kept us out of the paint. Um, didn't really give those guys any easy buckets, um, throughout the, the entire game. So I thought we got into that bad second half four shot Mm -hmm. stuff. Um, you know, just nothing came easy, um, for us that, that entire game. Hi, Bill. I was going to say, I think, and I hate to keep harping on it because we bring it up every week, but man, the the point guard thing is, uh, I don't think it just hurts us bringing the ball up the floor. We, we And look, that is not a bad loss. I thought we actually played pretty good at stretches. We weathered the storm. I'm not sitting here criticizing, you know, to have a, a 11 a.m. tip off in a building that holds 21,000 where, you know, 20,900 of that hates you. Uh, real loud, real physical environment. That, this is not a bad loss, but the, the point guard thing, you know, even, you know, to have Jay Wright do that game, first of all, he's, he's awesome to get him mm-hmm. in the commentary booth, but like, even he, he, he brought it up three or four times on the thing. So, you know, it's just, for me, it's like, why not just have Shannon bring it up? He can burst by anyone and you see it now, every game we get into, we get that faux, like either three quarter court or full court pressure where they're not looking to do anything. They're just looking to get, like Sam said, they're just looking to get a small guy on Ty Rogers or Damask and try and make it really uncomfortable. Now all of a sudden you're doing a dribble handoff at the logo, trying to get into your set at 19 seconds on the shot clock. And I'll say this, I think, uh, you know, offensively, I thought this was the first time all year that the shot selection was questionable. Um, You know, we, I thought we were kind of over that, uh, First of all, that was our biggest issue last year. We've a huge improvement this year, but I thought there was uh, just some shots that, you know, the the one dribbles uh, off the three point line where we had guys maybe not shooting it in the right time score momentum. I would want them to shoot it, uh, but at the end of the day, you know, another thing that we typically fall back into defensively, which is we get we let a a star player destroy us way too often without any um, adjustments. And I thought connect just took the game over. And first of all, he this first time he was out against. Yes. He was out against Purdue in the Maui. So I didn't really get, that was the only other game I had really watched from start to finish of Tennessee. Um, And man, did he impress me? I mean, his finishing at the rim above the square, little finger rolls all the way out to uh, pin down curls and three point range. I thought, you know, if we get into these type of sweet 16 matchups later in the year, we're going to have to have a contingency plan because, and I'll wrap this up. I know it's getting long, but Brad Underwood is completely different than like a Bruce Weber, right? He puts you 
in a defensive island as a player, you're going to have to play it individually and rely on almost no help. And so a lot of other coaches will overhelp and we just don't get that, right? So we're trying not to leave any three-point shooters alone. But when you play like that, it works and it works until you run into a really special talent. And then all of a sudden you have a guy like that who just who just does the whole, I'm taking this thing over. There's nothing you guys can do about it. Um, and so that was kind of my thought process. Again, one of those games, Sam, just like Marquette, when I said, you know, you play it 10 times on a neutral pl- floor, we probably split five and five. I felt this exact same way about this game. I'd love to see that matchup in March later on down the road. Yeah, I don't want to sound like a broken record, but, you know, my 1A would definitely be the point guard situation. You know, I've watched all the games thus far, and, you know, you got guys kind of just playing it by committee, and that's something I'm very used to because when I was in college, I kind of had to do that for my first three years. Then Sammy came, you know, then then Tracy was a little bit more developed, and but we had injuries a lot of the time. So uh, it becomes difficult because you guys got you got guys kind of playing out of their position, and when you get down to games like this, ranked opponents and you're on the road, teams are making a run. You need that experience. You need that guy that's that's savvy enough to to slow the game down and, and kind of use little things to your advantage. And in our in our case, yeah, Bill, you can have Terrence Shannon take the ball up. But the, the way I see it, he's so fast. He's so athletic. He can get to his spots. But it's only a matter of time before you start placing guys in front of him that are going to understand how to take a charge, understand how to – how to cut off his spots, cut off his left hand. He's he's a pro. He's gonna he's gonna figure out a way to figure out a way. But um, you need that point guard to kind of settle the offense in, understand time, score momentum, like you spoke about. And uh, that did carry over to the second half, where we kind of had a lot of lost possessions. I like to call them, where you just not too many passes. You're kind of just hoping to get a mismatch situation. And Damascus shown that he's he's able to perform under pressure, but. When you have that point guard presence, it, it, it really does change a game. And my 1B would be, uh, I would say the first five, six minutes of the game, Tennessee touched the paint every time. Yeah. And it, again, when you have a lineup out there where you're capable of switching damn near one through five, it's, it's good to a certain extent. But I, I, I personally would like to see Dane Danger start on the floor just because he, he has the ability to change the game so much. When you get him the ball early, when you get him to get guys on the other team in foul trouble early, when you have that presence in the in the middle of the floor where guys aren't getting as many paint touches, in my opinion, when he's on the floor. Because he, he does change a lot of shots. He changes a lot of look around the basket. So um, I would say those were my two main takeaways from the game. And, and uh, you know, I'm curious to see what you guys feel about it. Yeah, Brandon, two great points. Um, the, the paint point was was on my list as well. That was that was awesome because it's so true. I mean, it literally looked like almost every single possession mm-hmm. Tennessee was in the paint, whether they were kicking it out or keeping their dribble alive, but we were just scramble, 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 scramble mode. Um, the inside out is tough to guard. Yeah. And they, and, and they're athletic, man. They had some guards. They were talk about a team that, that is like from top to bottom mm-hmm. has the right pieces. They have size, they have athleticism, they have skill. Um, and Rick Barnes is a great coach, right? You can tell they're really, really well coached. They got what they wanted. They got to their spots and they executed at a high level. Um, yeah. And Brandon, to your point about the point guard thing, totally agree as far as like, I'll compare you to, to Taryn Shannon, right? Like if, if you're, if you're having to, you know, worry about point guard duties in addition to, you know, scoring in addition to your other responsibilities mm-hmm. that you had in your role on the team, it takes away from those other responsibilities, right? Yeah. We don't want Terrence Shannon Jr. to have ball handling responsibilities. We want him to be our our slasher, our guy that lives in the paint, our guy that breaks down defenses, um, you know, possession by possession. So it takes him away from that a little bit when you don't, you know, 
have him in the right spot because of no point guard. I thought the game, though, you know, we, we talked about Taron Shannon Jr. and Marcus Damas being our two guys. Those those are the two guys that are going to win us games, right? Especially mm-hmm. these Sweet 16, Elite 8 type um, matchups. The beginning of the game, though, like Gary got hot from three. I'm like, he's about to go off. He had 22. So our other guys played well in a sense. I yeah. mean, as far as their numbers, I mean, Gary had 22, three for eight from three. Coleman Hawkins had 12. He had some big threes. Um, Luke Goody came in, hit a few shots. Although Luke Goody, when he's in the game, it is blatantly obvious that the other team picks on him and goes right oh, yeah. after him. They're they, they trying to get him up out of there. And that's right. that's where scouting comes in. It's so important for other teams to understand. They target him for sure. Um, but I, I thought that this game, we talked about the other games that we've watched, the big ones, the Marquettes. Um, it, it's, it seemed like we had an FAU Taryn Shannon and Marcus Damasks were put in different positions. Like we had a, we had a game plan. Marcus Damask getting in the post. You know what I mean? He did mm-hmm. it a little bit in the second half, but it was too little too late where he gets a smaller guy on him and he's so skilled. He can shoot over him and get to the basket. I felt like early on in the game, we were just playing up and down because that's what the game dictated, um, especially the first eight minutes. And we got into a, you know, up and down game with Tennessee on their home floor um, and it didn't work out well. I thought in the second half, we tried to get more into that, you know, let's get the ball to Marcus Damask on a mismatch and mm-hmm. see what he can do. Same thing with Taryn Shannon. It was just too little too late, in my opinion. I thought we just played. We didn't really, like, didn't seem like much of a scouting report slash game plan. We were hoping we some went things went the right down. way for us. We were we were doing a lot of hoping. We were coming yeah. down and hoping someone made a play, hoping a shot went in, hoping right. to grab this offensive board instead of going down and kind of executing and, and competing at a higher level. I think that's where, for the people listening that don't realize, the, the, the 11 a.m. tip-off in a game like that, I think that makes a huge difference. I mean, we had a couple of those where it seemed like every game we played like that in my career, we were just flat. And I know the other team has to do it as well. But when you're traveling down and Tennessee's playing at home, it's a lot easier for them to get into the zone quicker. I think you saw that with the way that they came out. And in our de- usually, like, right, we hang our hat on defense. If you heard that first little coach's interview they do at the first TV timeout, you know, that's all Brad said. He was like, we just need to wake up and play defense. <laughs> Because the offense, mm-hmm. they were they were really getting any shot they wanted at any time. I don't think any, yeah, I don't think anything Tennessee was doing defensively was like really, mm-hmm. um, you know, putting us out of our game. But it was just we have to hang our hat on defense, and then our, our our offense can be marginal. But when we when we let them get off like that, and then all of a sudden we're shooting twenty six percent, you know, then we're not going to be we're not going to be in that game much longer. And it, it just took time, and then you know you looked up with five minutes left, and we were down eleven. So. I think it was just a slow start. I think there's a lot of things going against us, just uh, environment-wise. I thought the refs were horrible uh, both <laughs> ways. It, 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 I mean, we've talked about this last year, but like the the level of college refereeing is it needs it needs some help. Um, like the goaltend call, the block charge call, oh, just all was, really really bad. Some of, some of them are getting a little bit egregious. Well, that goaltend call was bad. that was ridiculous. Dude. How did y'all How did y'all feel about? Little early games like the twelve o'clock, the one o'clock noon games like that. Great question, Brandon. Because it's funny. Because yesterday during the game, I texted Bill and I was like, "Didn't you love these eleven a.m. starts on Saturday?" And he was like, "He was like, hell no, bro. Like, 
Dimitri, and then his comment was like, Dimitri was like still asleep through the first half. Like, but he's right. Like, some that's guys like seven, eight people, bro. Some that's people like, just not yeah, especially people. he's a college kid. I can relate. I was asleep half of those games too. Like, you have, you're basically, you're, you're talking about like a 7 30 a.m. walkthrough. You know what I mean? And then breakfast, you know what I mean? Gets a little something in your stomach. Yeah, and then, man. Especially if you're on the road, like your routine is to completely thrown and then out. College Only guys be- stay up, they're on their phone right. all night. Yeah, totally. And, and, uh, and it's just, it's not normal. It's not part of your normal routine. The only thing I did like about like the 11 a.m. Saturdays, especially at home, if you win an 11 a.m. Saturday game at home, you're at Cam's or Joe's by like 4 30. <laughs> That's what I'm saying, man. Right? I love, I love afternoon that was, games. Yeah. I, I love, love or like the 4 I still PM do to this good. day. But I love it because you have the rest of the day to just kind of kick in and, and, and enjoy. Especially the if day. you win, right? Totally different. Yeah. If you win, it's like, let's go, you know, on a Saturday. You're the rest of the day, if, you win. if you lose, you might be pouting sad in the crib a little bit. Right. But if you win, it's up. But I agree with Bill. On the road, those are tough. You know, on the road, those we are lost tough. to U- we lost to UIC at an eleven a.m. game at the United Center. I wanted to off. You know, I was like, I wanted to quit the team and never show my face again <laughs> after that loss. So I'm scarred for life from the morning games. Maybe I have a little PTSD from them, but it just wasn't our bag. And I think, uh, I think, yeah, I just that's why I say it like that because I think the average person just. For for them, for an adult, you know, you just look at it and you're like, oh, Illinois starts at 11 today. But like, like you guys just said, I mean, you're talking about seven foot humans sleeping in a hotel bed, uh, like Brandon trying to get their wing order correct. Man, I was just about to sauce. say. <laughs> <laughs> and then you're, you know, you're waking up at, you know, you're waking up at 5:45 to get breakfast, 7:30 a.m. walk through, and it's no wonder you come out flat and give up, you know, 18 points in three minutes to Tennessee, and then all of a sudden you're playing catch up. So let's, I think, you know, that's a long way of saying let's temper the, uh, I don't think there should be any disappointment from Illini nation after that loss. It it is what it is. It's a, it's a loss, but you're just stacking up experience at this point and you're hopefully getting everyone a little more comfortable with their roles. Hopefully Moretti comes back uh, from his foot injury and we can see a little, I don't think he has to start, I don't think he has to start and I don't think he has to play 20 minutes a game, but I think he needs to, those spots where it's like, okay, let's give Ty Rogers a break here because I think the one thing that gets lost in all the no point guard talk is Ty Rogers really hasn't taken that jump because I think he's focused on a lot of those things mm-hmm. like, you know, he has that added stress of bringing the ball up and getting, knowing every position where every player is going to be on every play. And uh, he, you know, Damask struggled to be the second guy um this last game and i think that's the perfect opportunity for someone like ty rogers to go get 15 points a game but we're just not we just haven't seen that from him yet it's not his role it's more defense and playing point guard this year so i'd maybe like to see moretti try and take some of that stress off of some of the other role players plates yeah and just to flip the script a little bit you know um let's talk about i think bill you made a great point that's not a bad loss by any means but what's uh, what's some of the good that you guys saw in the Tennessee game? Something that we can build on, you know, moving forward into this bragging rights game and then into the you know start of the the Big Ten slate. Um, I felt like they didn't really have a chance to win that Tennessee game. They were kind of just fighting to stay afloat towards the end of it. You know, fouling and they just couldn't figure out how to get a stop. Um, but I, I like the fact that you know I felt like they could have played a lot better. So the fact that they was on the road. Uh, you know, guys are probably a little banged up. They were still, they still gave themselves a chance. I might not have thought that they were going to win the game, but they, they were still chipping away and giving themselves a chance. And I think that's huge because 
there's going to be teams where you might not just get it going. You might be playing a team that you're on paper, you're better than them, but they're they're having a night. And games where you could just keep chipping away like that, where they, they might not be as talented as Tennessee, but you're going to give yourself a chance. When you give yourself a chance and you got guys like Terrence Shannon, Marcus Damas, guys that can make plays, you Close know. For you. Close for you, exactly. Like that's, I think that's going to be something that um, they could take advantage of throughout the season. And especially like, you know, they're not going to have a point guard, but they're going to have guys that are going to be able to make plays, keep chipping away and understanding that it's a 40 minute game and, and, and playing through all the whistles. Yeah, you kind of took mine there because I was going to say you shoot what we shoot. We shot 25% from three and 36 from the field against a, mm. a, you know, a top 15 team. And you still, you know, all throughout until three minutes left, you had, you were right there. Anything could have happened. So I think that's encouraging, right? That means our defense is still elite. Um, it means I thought we saw something good from Gary. I think he was kind of the fifth piece out there in the previous games that teams maybe felt like they could leave alone a little bit. I think, what they say he was three for 19 or two for 19 going into that. Um, and then all of a sudden he hits three big threes in the first half. I think that'll be really key. He's the type of role player you're going to need to to go off for 20 in some game in the big 10 stretch. So I think that was good. I thought Coleman Hawkins actually played one of his better games this year. Totally. I think he's slowly, he's slowly starting to build up back to uh, kind of his stardom from last year. So I'm, I'm keeping an eye on that, but um It'll be interesting how he gets all these guys' minutes. I know me and Brandon are like the uh, president of the Dane Danger fan club, but he can't seem to. I need him out there, man. I need him he out can't there. Seem I don't to, understand it. He, yeah, four minutes. He can't crack. He can't crack the five-minute mark at this point. There's something going on there. I, I think that was a tough matchup for him. Um, and yeah, they're big. Yeah, active but those were the athletic. good things. Yeah, I for mean, sure. he, he's so skilled, though, man. He's so big, and he changes the game in so many ways. It's like. I feel like a lot of the minds, sometimes the mindset in Europe is like a coach. I've had coaches like this throughout my career. A coach will kind of look over at the other team and see who they have, what their roster looks like, who they're composed of, and they'll kind of dictate who's going to play more that game based on the other team rather than just being like, yo, we're going to stick with our guys. We're going to focus on our stuff rather than their stuff, and we're going to make them adjust to us. I feel like Dane has that type of – when you come down to skill set, there's – how many people can you say he's more skilled than him? Especially not even just talking about positionally, just skill. He knows how to play the game. He knows how to read the defense. He passes the ball out when he needs to. I think he's far too dominant, far too skilled to not be utilized more than what we're doing right now. But I've always been a fan yeah, of game. Yeah, and when you're getting that five minute hook, you end up playing worse and worse and worse. Totally. Like when you, when, when you're because all of a sudden you're like you're. You're scared to do anything, right? You're, you're like looking you just over, stay in the game, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, I something's got to something's got to work itself out there. I think you know, I'm not saying he needs to play 20, but 12 to 15 as a start. I think we just need to force feed him those minutes and kind of, like Brandon said, his feet are so good in the post. Doesn't matter how big the guy is guarding him, he's going to get baskets. Mm-hmm. So moving forward, um, like you guys said, I think there's a lot of good uh, that can come out of that Tennessee game. And you guys both made made excellent points there. You know, it could still be something something to build off of. Um, but moving forward, um, the, the next big game on the slate is is the bragging rights game um, versus Missouri. We have we have Colgate first. Some home cooking should be uh, ne- you know next Sunday. Get a nice dub there. Um, then you go to bragging rights. Then we got some more home cooking uh, versus uh, Fairleigh Dickinson, and then Big Ten starts right. So. Um, a lot to build off of seven and two right now. Um, 
with some great, great experience and a, a really good non-conference slate. Um, so bragging rights, you guys have both played in that. I've played in it. Um, awesome atmosphere. Um, I think Missouri's a little down this year um, mm. than what they've been in years past. But um, talk a little bit about that game and your guys' experiences in that atmosphere. One of the coolest atmospheres I've ever played in. Yeah, I definitely don't think it's as hyped as it used to be, you know, because we like we would we would live for that game. And uh, but I would the one the one thing that I want to see the team focus on that game is limiting their turnovers, because there's so many games a season where they had so many unforced turnovers. And there's been multiple times where they've had more than 10 by halftime. You know, when it comes to conference play, we get into the Big Ten play. You can't really get away with, you know, throwing the ball over all over the place, especially if if they're on force. If they're live ball turnovers, the Big Ten teams will kill you. They'll they'll eat you up. They'll take advantage of these situations. Uh, so I want to see them. It's a game they should win on paper. I want to come and I want to come and watch the game and, and and watch them take care of the ball, and 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 see how they can continue to build on basically not having a point guard and, and having guys kind of build that confidence out as they're leaning towards Big Ten play. Yeah, I think that that Missouri game is you just mark it down every year. It's one of the it's one of the best venues you could possibly watch college basketball, let alone play it. It's one of the only places I, I've played at where like it's literally split down the line 50 50. You have gold on half of the arena in orange and blue on the other half. And it doesn't matter the records going into it. You're going to get a really, a really fun game to watch. So I've got that one circled on my calendar. It's always kind of a family affair. You know it's going to happen a few days before Christmas. That's the other cool part about it. Uh, there's people that have been going to that game for you know 30 years straight and watching it. And Missouri, uh, like I said, down this year, but you got to be you got to be ready for a fist fight in that game. I think that game actually, uh, with the schedule that we've played, I think we're going to be fine. We've played some big games non-conference going into that. I think you know just. To conclude, right? I think it's a four game. We talk, talk about tournaments like a coach would. I think it's a four game tournament. You got two kind of nothing burgers uh, at home that you can't really overlook, but then you've got Missouri, and then your first uh, January Big Ten game is Northwestern at home, which is a, you mm. can think of that as your, you go four and oh in that stretch, and you're feeling really good about Big Ten season. You drop one of those, and you're not feeling so great. So I like to look at this one as a four game tournament and, uh, I'm really confident that we'll be four and zero at the end of the stretch. Yeah, and if you compare it to last year on you know December 10th of last year, we were on this pod. I don't know what our record was, but we had some big wins and probably a similar non-conference record. Um, and we were really high on on obviously our talent level, the the new guys that were were on the team. I mean, Terrence Shannon and Matt Meyer and those guys. But we we kept going back to uh, last year, like we didn't. F- feel or didn't seem like it was that much of a connected team. And there were so many outside distractions going on in the mm-hmm. locker room um, at this time last year. I have a totally different, like records might be similar and stuff, but I have a totally different feel for this team than I did last year at this point. We just seem more connected. Um, roles seem more defined. Um, Taryn Shannon has been a, a much better um, player as far as the numbers might be similar, but as much better player, which Bill, we've talked about as far as his shot selection goes, mm-hmm. um, his leadership seems to me much, much better. Um, Damas has been good. He's been kind of like the, you know, the secret star that we've had this year that's developing. So I just feel a lot better this year at this point in time about our connectivity, our chemistry, um, defensively, everybody in the roles. I just feel like we're a much better basketball team 
than we were last year at this point. Sure. Totally agree. I think last year we were overhyped and I think this year we might be a little underhyped. You know, it's like, I kind of like it though. It's like, just fly under the radar, um, stay centered. That's going to be my mantra for the rest of the year. I think Damas needed to stay a little more centered after his 33 at uh, FAU against Tennessee. You know, you just can't be so high up and down with like, same with Coleman Hawkins, Terrence Shannon's going to take us to the promised land. And you guys just need to realize we just need solid effort from you every night. And we're going to be really, we're going to be really, really good come March. I think one of the main things for this team is it seems like they're always coming in somewhat prepared more than most teams will. And and I want to talk about the younger players as well. The younger players come in and they play like they're older than they are. You, you might see a little bonehead mistake here and there, but um, all we, keep, we keep circling back to the non-point guard thing. When you have guys that are prepared, guys that are that have confidence, especially in the younger players, that'll that'll kind of help mix in with the non-point guard situation where you got guys that are coming in, and even though they might not be used to the situation they're going into, they they have a little bit more confidence built just just based off of the the experience that they're getting so far. For sure. All right, so we'll wrap it up. Um, we'll check back after this. Bill, I like that little four-game, little mini-tournament slate um, you know, that you, that you talked about. So next time we catch you guys, hopefully we're, we're off and running in the Big Ten. And another thing about this team is, one, they're fun to watch. Um, and two, um, they're upside, like you said, Bill, a little bit underhyped. And it, it's a team that can get better game by game by game by game by game. So um, first thing, though, Brandon – Great seeing you, man. Um, I'm very, very uh, happy that we have the three men team back. Um, it's it's been a lot of fun, but it's it's great seeing you. Uh, great hearing about your journey. Um, glad you're doing so well, uh, Billy. I'm sick of seeing you. I see you every week. So, um, but anyways, Champagne Room Hoop, Hoops Podcast, um, Season Two, Episode Three. That's a wrap, Illini fans. We will see you next time. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks, boys. Good to see y'all, boys. Thanks, man, everybody. see you next time.